What's going on, everybody? I'm sober, and it is Monday, August 3rd, and you have found the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I am your host, Matt Swaski, a.k.a. Southside Zoe, a.k.a. 4 for 5 is good, a.k.a. Father Zoe. This is our Monday morning uh, weekend wrap-up that we're going to be trying to do more and more throughout the season, uh, and what a weekend to do one for. Great weekend in Chicago baseball. Let's tap this guy. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. <laughs> it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee. So the whole league that we here now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Straight rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for. Yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you're waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you're waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Sports Mockery, sportsmockery.com. Make sure you download the app, turn on push notifications, and you'll get notified when your favorite under 23-year-old on the White Sox goes four for five. Uh, it happened a lot this weekend. Um, but yeah, Sports Mockery, sportsmockery.com. So, White Sox did what we said they need to do. They went into Kansas City and took three or three games. And they did it in pretty impressive fashion. Uh, what, 21 hits on Saturday? Yep, something. Yeah, 20-something hits. It was a lot of hits. Uh, Friday, the bats were a little dormant. Adam Ingles, three-run homer, proved to be all they needed. And then Saturday and Sunday, it was just someone put the quarter in because it was <laughs> full merry-go-round. Um but that's what you got to do. We've talked about this a bunch of times on the show, uh, especially in this 60-game sprint. And I know we're not one-tenth anymore, but I'm sure Steve Stone we're at game 24.3. Thank you. And that was really good timing. Like we of course, of course I drive. Um, <laughs> Excellent driver. <laughs> but um, this is what you got to do. When you play these teams like Kansas City, who I don't even know if you could say they're rebuilding. I think they're just – bad um when you play these teams you got to take advantage and the white Sox did it and that's what a playoff team does is beat the teams you're supposed to beat um some of the good how do you not start with luis robert i mean i can't even talk about the guy without smiling i feel like i have like a schoolgirl crush like i'm, I'm just I, i'm just he's so good um Hit the shit out of all. So his double on Saturday. That's like what I was the half, the half swing, like off the end of the like, just flicking his flick bat the out there. He hit that like, like he was in a sixty degree wedge. It was a he hit like three, he hit like three eighty into the left uh, center field gap. Like it was nothing. The ball just kept going. Even people watching, like Steve Stone, and they were just sitting there, and they're just like that. Just kind of kept going. 
And even his home run, his home run looked like a warm-up swing. And he put it over in the fountain in right center. I, I mean, mean, both of his home runs, because his first one was uh, against the Twins, and that was like that one where he kind of he just like hit straight up into the air and yep. then went 410 feet or whatever. <laughs> this guy is He's a freak. He's a freak. He's batting 351. He still, yeah, he still has a hit in every game he's played in the major leagues. Decent. Um, showing crazy range still in the outfield, tracking. The Royals hit a ball that was about a foot in front of the fence in right center. And I'm as soon as the ball left the, the bat, I was like, oh, shit. He's, like, moonwalking over to the ball. Like, he's sitting there. Like, he gets there. He does, like, a dance. Like, I was like, how do you get there so fast? Yeah, and so it's not just there, too. That I think one of the most impressive things was also that fielder's choice where it looked like mm-hmm. a tailor-made double play, and he beats it out, like, easily. <laughs> like, it was – the camera couldn't even get over there fast enough. What up, David? Shout out. Thank you for the, the kind words. Um <laughs> But yeah, it was just it, wild stuff, man. He's he's so good. I'm so happy that he is on the White Sox for hopefully is if he ever plays in another jersey, I'm going to be very very upset unless it's an All Star jersey. Um, but the kids, the goods. I know, like you get hot in your first series, and you're like, okay, maybe he's just a little drunk. But he's calmer, and then some of the things he's saying post game. So Saturday night. He went, what do you go, homer, double, single. So he just still he needed a triple to have the cycle. And Aloy was keeping up with him hit for hit. Aloy had a great game Saturday too. But after the game, someone asked Louise Robert, like, hey, you seem kind of like upset with Aloy. Like, what's going on there? And through a translator, obviously, he said like, oh, I was pissed off because he came up to me and was like, hey, man, all we need are triples for the cycle. And he, he goes, I looked at him and said, I don't want to hear that shit. I'm trying to focus on the game. <laughs> I was, my face hurt from smiling when I read that tweet. Cause I was just like, that's a rookie saying that, you know what I mean? Like that's this kid and people give him shit for the TikToks and the dancing and all that stuff. He's still a kid, but like, mm-hmm. well, he can't do TikToks anymore, but <laughs> it was awesome, man. It just to hear that mindset from him and his focus and like, yeah, he seems like a pretty easygoing guy off the field, but I've noticed even when they show those cut-in shots in the, the dugout during games, he is just laser-focused, man, and I love it. And I'm not saying this to start anything off. I'm not trying to create another discussion because it happens. He looked really good at leadoff. He did. I know. And, you know, we talked about this week. It was it was a necessity today. No, no, no. And well, before you take your victory lap, let's do it for a little bit too. But he's been doing. It was a great opportunity because against a bad team, TA goes out. They had a good excuse to give it a shot. It was exactly the kind of circumstance that it. And again, you don't. You know, we bring up. uh, You know, magical. You've got that whole. You've got that spot. You got another guy that's got Tom Barry as well. Oh, we're getting. And and Robert is he's he's Lou Bob knows what he's doing. He he's good enough there. You know, and I'm gonna share, I'm gonna do the screen share real quick. So I want to show you this. But like with his home run, the thing that I'm really impressed with what he's doing right now though is he's this actually is very he's, good podcast material. He is <laughs> absolutely uh well and I, I'll describe it, you know. No, 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 no. Do the screen share. And for those of you that listen to the podcast, please check us out on YouTube. You can watch Kevin's 
breakdown of the swing because I'm telling you right now, especially if you got like put this up. Yeah, if you got a kid playing baseball or if you just are in love of like fundamentals or just someone who really loves the game, Kev knows his shit. And I'm not being biased when I say that. And you're gonna want to watch this. So go ahead, Kev, share your screen. Let's do a breakdown. Is, is it up right now or no? No. Uh, Bang. Okay. Oh, there we go. Okay. Ooh, so trippy. That was like a, that was like uh, very interesting. So, like, yeah, when you're looking at this, and, and again, it's not much. I'm not going to break much down, but what he's doing is he not he's not missing mistakes. I mean, he drives this baseball that that home run Saturday night. You know, right mm-hmm. center. He goes with it. You know, when you have a young guy that gets up there, sometimes they're a little passive, almost too passive because they don't want to they don't want to screw up and they're afraid to fail. He's going out there and he's not missing the mistakes. Look where this baseball is thrown. I mean, if you want to look at the location. A little up and out, ninety-five. That's, that's wheelhouse, you know, up a little bit, little bit, about maybe maybe six inches up a little bit for as far as being like centrally located. A perfect pitch to drive, and instead, it's it's a first pitch. You know, how many guys do you see that don't swing at the first pitch? They they go back there and they they want to take their time. They want to see a pitch or two, and he doesn't. He goes right up there and he goes swinging, and, and he's he's a hard out. He's he's a difficult out mm-hmm. now, and he's not the god. He's just a god. But he is extremely talented, and I think I love to see that. I love seeing that he's going up there and he's not missing mistakes. When you look, I think I sent you guys the pictures yesterday when he hit the double um, with his ass in the dugout. Like I mean, we call that the, the you know the aid swing. Your, your ass is in the dugout, and he still managed one handed right. to, to drive a baseball deep enough where you know it wasn't it wasn't a, wasn't a piss missile by any means, but he's fast enough that by the time that ball takes a couple bounces, he's already standing on two. So it is a double, whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's a double because of his speed and what he gives you. And I, I thought that was very impressive because that was freakish. It's just the one hand. It literally has one hand off the bat. I think it was his top hand was not even, wasn't even touching it. It was like open, like an open palm. And, it, and that's freakish. It was pretty funny because in the inning before, or was it inning or two inning before, like Jose Abreu hit a double play and like he was out by like 40 feet at first base. And then what Aldo brought up, Luis Robert hit the same ball the next inning. And by the time the camera got to first, he was already past the umpire. It was just like, holy cow, Luis Robert is a god. <laughs> I think they said it was like, it's like 30. What, what is it? What are they? What's the breakdown of the speed? Like, it was like 30.8 feet per second or whatever it was. It's like elite, elite, yeah. like elite of the elite. <laughs> of I mean, he's getting on the line yeah. like 3.8, right? Like 3.8, 3.7. I mean, he's. Yep. He's got, I think he has the only sold in base on the White Sox, too. I think about too what the kind of pressure he puts on a defense. If he hits a ground ball, you can't take you can't take that extra glove pat. You can't get yourself set and get your feet going. You got to get rid of it. Oh, I love that. Oh, oh, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Oh no, what happened? This is coming out on Monday morning. So let me be the first official podcast to wish Luis Robert a happy 23rd birthday. There we go. Cheers. Happy 23rd, bud. And the best part is we just said all that good shit about him, and it's his 23rd birthday. <laughs> so that makes me very happy. Um, so he was really good. Uh, he leads the team in batting average with 351, leads the team in hits with 13. Someone – I saw something, like, ridiculous. If this was a full 162-game season, he was, like, tracking to have a ridiculous war number. Um, it was, like, four-point something. Yeah, I remember it was – yeah, he's just. But, no, no, no. In this season, he was still on pace. That was the number I do remember. It was just for the season. He's on pace to have like a four point three F four, just right. through sixty games. That's <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Yo, Juan Mancata was like a five-word player last year. All and you, last and, year. right. <laughs> and not to be Debbie um, Downer, I've, I've got to make sure we we we. He's gonna hit we a slide. We, we we could look at him and say, look, it, it can't be. You have to know that this, there's going to be a moment where enough enough of the reports, enough of the footage is out, enough of the, the game plans have come out. I've already started seeing it just even this weekend. They've started to go up, up. Um, yep. First two pitches, beat him. He's getting beat a little bit. He gets tied up a little bit under the hands. They're going up, yep. up, and then soft away. And they did that in his first two at-bats yesterday. He got him on the K in three pitches, but the, but strike three yesterday uh, in the second at-bat was, was out of the zone, wasn't chaseable. And so they had to right. continue. And I was just really interested to see how they kind of adjust. But the more tape that's going to come out, the more adaptivity that the game's going to have for him. So it's going to be now on him to adapt his game. Once they see, start seeing, cause there's not enough, there's just not enough sample size visually for, for other teams yet to, to know where his flaws are. And as they, you know, they're going to start filling in those gaps and then his job is mm-hmm. then to shade that gap as well and fix it, you know, and that those two steps forward, one step back kind of thing is going to happen. It's good. But soon I'd say around games 10, you know, we're at what 10, 11, we're 10 games in nine games. in. I'd say around game nine, 15, if there's a big enough sample yeah, so there you go. So big enough sample size, you're going to start seeing that game of adjustments bounce back to him, and that's where you're going to see what kind of a, a a ball player he is, as as opposed to just a freakish athlete. How much he can adjust when they adjust, because the league will adjust eventually. He's going to hit right. a wall, and I agree, one hundred percent agree with you. And it seemed like the early returns was to pound him low and away, and he adjusted. So that mm-hmm. gives me a little bit of hope because he was able to adapt to that on the fly. But you're absolutely correct. Now it looks like the formula is up and in, up and in. Low and low away and soft, mm-hmm. and hopefully he can adjust to that. His hands are so quick, though he should be able to get to that ball up and in. Um, the, the other guy, not, they're not trying to beat him, like strike him out with it either. They're just trying to get him to hit. You know, they're trying to foul it off. Basically, he's just going right. to chop some. It's not a. I'm not going to punch it by you. His hands are too quick, but he does. He's he gets he gets a little tied up under there. So that's. I mean, that's something that's that's hard for any major leaguer. I mean, KB still struggles with it, and he's got a long swing too. That's something that he, I think Lou Bob's his hands are a lot quicker than Chris's, so he, he should be able to adjust. Um, the other guy in the White Sox uniform that I think needed to have a big weekend, and he produced was Yasmani Grandal. Nikki Delmonico. Uh, no, no, Nikki had an RBI single though. Good for Producing. him, Nikki. Producing. Good for you, bud. Good for you, bud. Um, Yasmani Grandal. Um, slow start for him ish, you know, you gotta know what your expectations, but first of all, and I'm not even like exaggerating to make a point. I think that's the first strike him out, throw him out. I've seen from the white Sox in maybe 10 years. <laughs> Come on. And I, I'm, I'm not even like making a joke. Like I, maybe AJ did it a couple times, but By your boy, uh, James McCann. I don't think they had to strike him out. Throw. And if they did, and I'm sure like Mr. Hand or someone was is going to jump over me on it. But like, that's the first one I can remember in recent. And it was beautiful too. Like it was one right. where the ball got to second and he, he was just like, Maryfield by like just a couple yeah. steps. But he did it at the plate. He brought the average up to 269. Uh, he actually leads the team in RBIs. So that's the big thing though, is he came up clutch a lot with runners in scoring position. Uh, he was hitting really well. Um, Gap shots, and I love it. He's, I think, in MLB the show, he has a nine speed, so I'm I'm cool <laughs> with him. Not he made a joke about it too. He said his daughter was playing MLB the show, and he saw his speed, and he was like, "Oh come on!" But um, 
I, I can relate. I'm probably the slowest human being anyone has ever met in their life. I cannot run. Um, but no, it was a good weekend for him. A lot of people had uh, checked themselves a little bit. People were looking for that instant return on their big money spend in the offseason. And, you know, you got to remember, Yaz is new to the AL Central. He's never seen a lot of these pitchers before. There's a whole thing going on now about what kind of tape you can use. And, I, you know, whatever. I'm very happy with it. Um, yeah, some of those should have been doubles, but again, nine speed, but he had a good weekend, leads the team in RBIs, clutch hitting is a very valuable thing to have that switch hitting bat in the lineup, uh, especially with such a heavy right-handed batter lineup that the White Sox do have. Um, and then before we get to pitching, Nick Madrigal came up this weekend, fellas. Who? <laughs> Who? I am it? surprised. We are about 20 minutes in. I did it on purpose. 20 minutes in. Unacceptable. I did it on purpose. Are you I even a fan? Purpose. I did it on purpose. I think I have to elevate uh, King Mac to number one Nick Mandrigal fan. Unacceptable. Oh, he can have it. Didn't even hear the word laser it. show. I was waiting for a laser show, and I didn't hear anything. Last one was in 2015. All right. Um, so five years. I didn't have um, Mac's awesome. Um, yeah, he got called up on Friday. Everyone's excited. I'm pumped. I was on a call for work when he got called up. I flipped my phone back over and it was like 40 something notifications. I was like, <laughs> Madrigal got called up, baby. Um, I could have been bad though. It could have been he, like, wow, can you believe that Madrigal wasn't called up? Not that many notifications. I wouldn't have got <laughs> not that many. Um, and he came up and he, you know, his first two games, he, does what Nick Madrigal does, though. He, he struck out only one time. He was making contact. It just was right at guys and in terrible times. Like, bases loaded, hitting into a double play. Just, But I still, you know, I, I had faith in my guy that he was going to figure it out. And he was still making good contact. Again, it was just right at people. And then Saturday night, something magical happened. And it was... One of the coolest things, I love White Sox Twitter. I've said that on the show a thousand times, but just from the parking lot, out of nowhere, friend of the show, Aloha, Mr. Han. Uh, one of, he's one of the 108 guys over there. He decides, you know what? I'm going to get this kid out of the slump. I'm going to take a big-ass shot, and hopefully it warms him up. So he does it, and then Mailman Jack does it, and then our own k Fitz does it. And everyone's commenting and, you know, it just, it, it felt really cool. It was like a really cool thing. And I don't know. And first of all, these weren't shots either. You all are psychopaths that everyone, they're pouring like pint glasses of whiskey and just chugging it. But um, it was really cool to see. And I don't know, to me, that just spoke really high to the sense of community uh, and White Sox Twitter and White Sox Twitter is such a great place. I just, I mean, obviously there's assholes and there's negative guys and all that stuff on there, but I don't know. I love it there, but it was really cool to see. And you know what? It worked. It worked. It just had a delayed response. The mojo was like building. And then like on Sunday, it was like, it all came flying out and Nikki Madrigal goes four for five. Could have easily went five for five, too. Just missed that fifth hit. Um, but four for five, and he was, in fact, the laser show. 
spraying everywhere, base hits, going with pitches to right field. That's definitely his move, too. He loves just taking that ball, slapping it to the right fielder. But it turned out to be pretty crucial. He, he was scored twice, you know, kept innings going, got things, and that's what you that's what he's here for. That's what it is right there. Sunday was the perfect game to show you what it is. I mean, unless he made like a diving catch, but he's already way better at second base. But that's what he's going to do batting in that nine spot for the White Sox. All right? He's going to get on base. He's going to hit base hits. He's got. He's good on the base pass, too. He gets on base, and then you have Luis Robert, Yoan Mancata. You know what I mean? Jose Abreu, Yasmani Grandal. Aloy Jimenez, all coming up behind him. All he's got to do is get on base, and that's how you're going to win these damn games. He's the perfect guy that you want, like, in the bottom of the order. And, Kevin, you said it, you know, like, kind of your second leadoff man to some extent. And, you know, Nick Magical isn't to the level of a hitter that other guys are that the Sox have brought up. So, you know, you don't want to put that much pressure on him. So, perfect spot for the nine hole. Be like, go out there, play your game, see pitches, make contact. And that's that's what he's like. I mean – I mean, yeah, there's going to be some weak contact, but as we saw on Sunday, you know, he's going to have those games where he's going to put the bat on the ball and he'll get like three or four games. They might not be, you know, obviously we know he's not going to, mm-hmm. he's not a power guy, but just get on base because then you just roll that lineup over. Mm-hmm. And in this Sox exactly. lineup, that's all you want. Get your big boys up with guys on base. Yep. And he does and a I good do job of it too. It. He's, a, he's a back control. He see, he, he's not a chaser. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that will put pressure. And again, if you want to pick, I mean, again, if he's in the nine hole and 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 Lou Bob's in the, the two hole or is leading off or whatever, he's going to see a lot of great pitches just because you're going to want to go after magical. I mean, yes. if you have to choose right now, you're going to pick your poison. Technically, you're going to go with him as opposed to to right. Robert or I don't know you'd say it right now. You always make me say Robert and it's Robert, isn't it? Or is it Robert? Because I don't want I'm going to say it wrong. He's Cuban. Uh, he, he just sounds very, it's very just classic. It's very good. Um, uh, um, but yeah, he's he's perfect. So you're gonna have to pick your poison, and you don't want to face him. You want to face. So you're, they're gonna go after magical, and it's gonna be great for magical because he's gonna see. That it's probably gonna be. He's probably gonna see some pretty good pitches to hit, and if he does the job, it makes things it creates chaos because again, he's quick and he's good on the base pass, and he's again, he's a good ball player, well rounded. He's gonna make. He's gonna create that havoc. So that's good. That's positive for him. That works out really well for him. And now a word from our sponsors. Tim Anderson is on 10-day injured list. Yep, strength growing. The only reason that Luis Rivera was moved up, finally, but he was. Mm-hmm. And hey, hats off to Ricky Renteria because he actually did it. He could have easily just moved him up one spot and then just slid like Moncada to lead off or something like that. But no, he yep. went to went to Luis Rivera. Does Tim when Tim Anderson comes back, does he just go right back to lead off? Does Robert stay there? What do you think so? I think Robert sits at your leadoff position because you want to get him as many at-bats as you want. Timmy was – he was hitting before he went down. You so know he what I mean? Like three he, hits or two hits? Yeah, he, he's not, it's not like he wasn't hitting. But I will say in 2019, batting six in the lineup, Tim Anderson was batting 426. <gasps> Batting seventh in the lineup at 114 at bats, he was batting 325. So you can easily keep Luis Robert in that one hole 
and slide Timmy in in that six seven spot, and it'll be fine. It's not that big of a deal. I I think Tim likes being the leadoff guy. I and I get that. It's you know it is what it is, but he and at this point in the junction, like he has to realize like this kid is something special. He needs to be batting lead off for this team. Is that the question though, man? Do you really want, like you, you, again, you say it a lot about, you know, want to have your best bats, get as many opportunities. Why would you push a guy that is going to get on, you know, a guy that's going to get on base, you know, what is he, what is on base percentage sitting at? He's roughly like what? 355. A guy that's going to get on base a ton too. I mean, he's got 10 hits, four doubles. You know, why would you want to push him all the way down to six or seven? Is there a way that you could slide him in somewhere else where like early in the lineup and, and pair those two together? So the only way you can really do that is if you bet like TA maybe second and then Moncada third and then just push everyone down from there. But then if you do that, you got a Lloyd bet in seventh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, which it's an embarrassment of riches. Oh, it really bad. is. It really is. You can you can always put Eloy ahead. Uh, but the one thing I worry about is from the beginning of the season, and obviously things can change, and especially this year, who the fuck knows. But like Ricky Renteria made it like very clear from the beginning that it's like, no, my one-two hitters are going to be Tim Anderson, Johan Mankata. And right. I, I don't know. I just have a feeling when he comes back, he's going to be like, no, like he'll he'll slide right back in. Because he made well, it clear. We'll like, see. If, he's like, I'm going to go TA and Mankata one-two. If Luis Robert has a big series against Milwaukee while TA is still out, which he very much could because Milwaukee's pitching is not great. How do you – I mean, it could be one of those things where, yes, going into the season you had that those blinders on and you thought that and that was your plan, but it's it's baseball. It's sports in general, man. Shit yeah. happens and you got to adapt. And then the other thing with that is Tim Anderson's defense, are you worried? No. Nah. Uh it is what it is, man. We all knew. It, it's not pretty. The footwork. He's got to work on it. <laughs> no, and, and, the, and the errors this season. Um, Those are the only errors great, White Sox man. have, right? They only made two errors the whole yeah. season, and it's him. <laughs> yeah, and they just – they really – one of them was, uh, yeah, they, they weren't great, man. And uh, I don't worry I'm, about it. I mean. All I'm saying is Tim Anderson would make a great right fielder for you guys. Remember when we used to talk about that all the time? That, I mean, I that kind of no got like washed over last year when he, hit, I mean, he won the fucking bang title. So, like, yeah, fucking right. great. But the defense is still bad. He, he doesn't really seem like it's gotten any better. So uh, yeah, you have to get to the conference where yeah, yeah, two rough games. Uh, yeah, two pretty rough games in the field so far. One was Friday night against um, the Royals. Royals, and then one of those games, I think it was against uh, Cleveland. But yeah, man, I do. I want it to be better. Well, yeah, hundred percent. I want it to be better, <laughs> but it's just. I don't know. It doesn't really surprise me. I would hope that he continues to work on it and it just gets better, but it's just this year. It looks like a footwork thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and coming back, I mean, and, it's a, uh, what was it? A groin? Yeah. Train groin. That's not, it's like obviously not something easy to come back, but that can just be a nagging thing. Even if he does come back, like he can just like 
feel it, and who knows how that's going to affect him on the field. I don't know. And a lot of people don't like Tim because of his outspoken personality and the commercials and all this other stuff. He's he's putting himself out there. For me, I mean, I'm all just get yours, man. Get your money. He's doing great stuff in the community outside of other things. And just, but one of the things he keeps talking about is how he wants to be different and be the best. And he's going to work harder than everybody. You got to work on your fielding, man. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. I'm, all these guys, yeah, all these guys put in hard work. They wouldn't be at right. this level if they wouldn't. Right. At the end of the day, you have to get results though. And so far, I was seeing that it's not like what year four of Tim Anderson, or like year five. Year well, four, and that kind of rolls stuff. into that rolls right into uh, what I wanted to talk about next before we go over to the Cubs is the White Sox pitching and what we're seeing. You know, two times now through the rotation, it's no secret, guy. I mean, the White Sox they have ground ball pitchers. And if you're going to roll out a bunch of ground ball pitchers and you got a shortstop that's having problems, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully he could – I mean, that was one of my biggest arguments about having Madrigal up was you got ground ball pitchers. You want the kid at second base. So it's definitely something he needs to work on. But holy smokes, the rotation the second time through, day and night, Lucas Giolito does what aces are supposed to do in the last game in Cleveland, and he stops the bleeding. He throws an absolute gem out there in Cleveland. And I was joking on Twitter. I was like, if a Sox pitcher goes five-plus, that's a win right there after the first run through through this rotation because it was brutal. Dallas Keuchel is looking good. He's looking both hit starts. He's 2-0 and right now with a 3-3-8 ERA. Um, he's only given up four runs. He's got a, yeah, 1.03 whip. Even when he got into some trouble in Kansas City, you know, hunkered mm-hmm. down, got out of it. I think there's a couple times where, you know, I think there was like a leadoff double in the fourth or fifth inning on Saturday's game when it was so mm-hmm. close. Just like worked around and got out of the jam and, you know, Sox offense went to work after that. Gio Gonzalez is never going to be a world beater. He's like a hard fifth man in a rotation, like – but he didn't look great against Kansas City, but he did. He also got himself out of a couple jams. Uh, he was locating the the breaking stuff, which was good. And then Dylan Cease, man, I'm rooting like crazy for you, bro. And he came out Sunday against the Royals, and he pitched way better on Sunday. Um, like I said before, he's got the stuff. He's hitting 98 on the gun, breaking balls dropping. It's just – Location, location, location. They need to do something where, like, you know, whenever he starts against, like, a better team, because, I mean, the Royals are trash. And it's right. not like well, Cleveland He's going to start against the Indians. And it's not like, the, the next, it's not like, it's not like Cleveland is, has a good offense either. Right. But, like, you just have to, like, you know, like, I don't know, put tape over whoever the team is, put tape over the lineup, be like, hey, Dylan, you just go out there. Just don't, throw. Because do not worry. Do not worry who's in the batter's box. You have great stuff. Throw it. Throw it in the zone. You can get these guys out. Don't worry yes. about like the name on the back of the jerseys or the exactly. front. Get these guys out. Because he, he has a great bo- time. We thought, but he just gets to the like uh, like to a place where you know he's either it's I'm not gonna say scared. It's just like maybe just less confidence of you know maybe I can't get or this fast, fast, fast guy. Yeah, he's just like you know 
he works to he tries to be too like too angry like you you mm-hmm. like you don't have to paint every corner against some of these bad like right. uh, so you and and I mean we saw it against against Kansas City he was out there like free and easy loose now throwing, throwing. Yeah, just hopefully just continue that when you know you have better lineups but. Yeah, to that point, I mean, and Beef Loaf, you know, friend of the show from the 108, Beef Loaf has brought it up a couple times too. Like, he he looked lights out against on the inner squad game, and then Cleveland touched him up, and then he came out and looked really good against Kansas City. I'm not putting this on him yet, but Cease is getting close to being a bum slayer. Now, I don't want that to be true. We're going to see him uh, Friday. He's got the ball – against Cleveland pending, you know, COVID cancellations and other shit going on. But he's got another – he's going to be going against uh, Savali again, Cleveland at home. And I think that's going to be a really good gauge of where Dylan Cease is at. So, hope- by the way, the, I think the term bump slayer was started by uh, Jason Goff. And do you yep. – I think the player that he started that with – was a Bulls player, and this yep. is not because this is not where you want Dylan Sis to end up being. I think the player that Jason Goff used the, f- the first time he used the word bump slayer for was Tyrus Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, he was great at shitty teams, but then obviously when the competition went up, he was bad, and then he was like out of the league. And it's a great term. I've been using it since Jason introduced it to Chicago for a long time. Bumps- but bump bump slayer, cousins, right there is what that is. Because if you're not a bump slayer, you're just bad. Right. So at least yep. he's up to that right now. Yeah, he's so proven. You're a bump slayer, you're actually the bum. Exactly. And then, <laughs> that's a good point. Um, and then this whole weekend, though, White Sox bullpen. What's up? Jealous. Looking real good, baby. <laughs> Looking real sexy. Uh, Isn't yeah, it great, Kevin? Isn't it great, Kevin, that Zell's just out here, you know, Sox have a lead, and, like, the bullpen comes in and doesn't have to worry about, like, guys getting on base, runs scoring, home runs being yeah. up. I'm actually We're excited like, our taking our pulse and checking, you know, make sure that we're not having actually a cardiac arrest. And he's just enjoying it like the freaking Buddha. Fans mm-hmm. literally start every time the bullpen comes in, we're like, oh, shit. That's literally the first expression every single time. The Cubs like can that, be up by like five. It doesn't matter. It's like, ah, fuck. Let's hold like that on. annoying dude sits next to you at lunch and you're like, oh, he saw us. No, he saw us. Did you make eye contact? Which one of you dumbasses made eye contact? And next, next <laughs> thing you know, you know, you've got, you know, Winkler sitting down at your table and, and spilling all your coffee and, and you know giving away all of your cookies too. Telling the same stories told every time he sits down. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, dude. Um, it's it's the same story every time. Let me introduce <laughs> let me you, my bro- friend Craig. Oh, Jesus, Craig too. Let me let me brag about my bullpen for a minute. <laughs> so you, you got, got Aaron Bummer. Aaron Bummer with ten strikeouts already this season. He's slinging it. Very nice, powerful lefty. But the big ones, oh. We should we be remorse not to bring up remiss not to bring up Calvin Herrera Bay later, dude. Bad. Which all right, you bad signing. Up. Bad signing. That you chalk that one up and you move on. It just didn't Here's work the thing, out. Though, and I think you can. I think it was a lot easier to do this season since like these guys are getting paid whatever it is, like a third of their pay, like pay or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Because I think it was like nine million that Hero was going to make for the full year, but like a lot easier right now if he's only making like two million to just be like, 
Take the money and please leave. Never come back ever again. Just to warn you two, I saw a lot of people be like, Cubs need bullpen help. No, they do, but that's not the answer. You do not want that. Um, I think Calvin's spent. But in his absence, though, Cody Hewer, kid looks like the goods, man. Kid looks very good and very happy to see that dude come up, do – do his thing. Um, he's rocking a 270 RA, three innings pitched. Um, Boy, Cordero with his uh, fucking pythons. Gun show, baby. Gun show. <laughs> Coming out, and he's looking. This is the best I've ever seen him pitch. I saw that uh, in his other Kansas City. I thought, it was, I thought he was just doing it for show, like in spring training or like summer camp. But no, he's still, he's still doing it in games right now. Yep. He's looking really good. <laughs> Um, Shishak's been a little, eh, yeah, not great, not terrible. Uh, Jace Fry still sucks. Uh, oh. you guys, you guys can have Jace Fry if you want. I'll give him to you cheap. Um, but then Evan Marshall, Aaron Bummer, both very solid. Fucking Ross Detweiler's throwing that thing. Big I mean, boss, does Big Boss Ross get in the rotation soon? Yeah. I don't know about all that, but Gio like struggles. I mean, Gio's like okay, but he's still like he barely went like three innings. Right. Yeah, what about a be. piggyback? Piggyback? Gio and then Big Boss? It could Big happen. Boss. Cra- <laughs> crazier shit's happened. Um, then they brought up some kid, Matt Foster. And if any of you watch the game, you'll get why I'm saying this. But just in case you didn't know, Matt Foster's from Alabama. I don't know what the White Sox broadcast team is like obsessed with Alabama, but holy shit! The, Big Saban fans. Do they talked about? They're like talking about Bama football. They're talking. He's from Alabama. I'm just like, whole, okay, guys, 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 we get it. But <laughs> were they just surprised? <laughs> I was like, has there never been a play a baseball a pitcher from Alabama? What? Yeah, that's pretty weird. Guys, <laughs> but he looked all right. I mean. Obviously, it's his first. It was his MLB debut. It's nice to do that against the Royals. He actually got the win. Uh, so yeah, he's one and zero right now. Um, and then Alex Coleman, man, I just wish he worked faster. <laughs> it's just, it's, when your your team is like up five to two and like. All you want are these three outs to call it a game and you can go do whatever you want to do or whatever. And he's up there and he's doing the thing where he sets and then he waits and you're just like, just throw the fucking ball. And it's, it's, you know what it is? You know, no, it's not that you said, it's just like the full counts too. And the foul in the foul ball. Cause like, I remember that on Saturday, right? It was like, he came in or mm. Friday. It was Friday. 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 He came in and it was like a 10, 11 pitch at bat. And you're just like, come on, man. Get this guy out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, technically, he's only got one save right now because the Sox did the damn thing all weekend. But mm-hmm. um, we had that shaky outing uh, in the against Cleveland on Wednesday when yeah, he had the base. It seemed, like it, it seemed more in the game versus Cleveland than he did against Kansas City. But in the game versus Cleveland, he was just leaning so heavy on that cutter. And it's like, dude, you're not Mariano Rivera. Like, your cutter's not that good. And I mean, he was shaking Yaz off just because he wanted to throw the cutter, and it was like getting really annoying. Was, I mean, I'm, I don't care if a pitcher shakes a guy off, whatever, but he would shake him off and throw the cutter 
all the, it was it was getting annoying. But I don't know. Sox bullpen looks really good. Um, very happy about this weekend. Upcoming, we got two in Milwaukee and then two on the south side. Uh, Milwaukee looks really bad right now. So uh, those are four very winnable games. Um, they have Lorenzo Cain uh, opt out. Ryan Braun's on the DL with the – I think he hurt his pinky or something. Um, Yelich can't hit away from Miller Park because that's the only yeah, place where he can hit. Yellow is hitting point zero three one. Uh, they just had all four of their games versus the Cardinals, so they haven't played since they haven't played since yeah, they haven't played in a week. or yeah, like that's, five days. Yeah, that's wild. Um, so yeah, I mean these are these are games you can get to, um, and then right after that to round out the week, you got three at home versus Cleveland. Big gotta win those, those games. I mean, you took. You lost three or four last time. You got to get at least two out of these three, I think. I do. I do think the whole you know statement game, statement series, like is kind of overrated. But right, no, the I agree. Next that you circle where it's like, hey, you lost these guys. These guys like shut down your offense for the most part last week. Like you gotta gotta show so that you way, know, better than that. The way it's looking right now, uh, on Friday they'll be going against Savali. Saturday they're going against Plezak, who shit. My bad on talking shit about him because that bit me in the ass. <laughs> and then Sunday though, Sunday you got yourself a matchup. Sunday you got Lucas Giolito versus Shane Bieber. Oof. And those are two aces. That's gonna be a great game. Nice little one ten start. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting. That's I gonna mean, be great. Yeah, that should be a really good game, hopefully. So Feeling good about the White Sox uh, moving forward because then after Cleveland, you go Detroit, St. Louis, Detroit. So feeling good about that. But just keep it going, boys. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season, they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy.